Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. I want to continue with the series this morning, the book of Acts. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 5. And then after today, we will probably be skipping around a lot because I don't have enough Sundays in the year to do the entire book. But um, today we'll stick with the chapters and um, see where we go from here. So Acts chapter 5, and we'll start reading in verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Safari, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but you've lied to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and he died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, some ushers. How would you like to have been in this church service? So Billy and your usher team, we've got somebody dead. If you could get them out of here, that'd be great. (laughs) About three hours later, his wife came in. That's a long church service. They didn't get out at 12. Three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you paid and Ananias Ananias got for the land? So is this the price you guys paid? Are received? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test, everybody say test, the Spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the ushers who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men, and this pastor's on a roll. The deacons are going to vote him out. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this today. What a shocking way to start a chapter. Most pastors don't like to talk about this because the subject seems to be about money. But I want to say to you today, the subject here is not about money at all. Your money is symbolic of a living sacrifice. Why? Because you trade hours of your life for money. Is that right? When you give an offering or a tithe to the Lord... So a tithe would be 10% of your income. You bring that to the church. It belongs to your local church. That is your congregation where you attend. 
then an offering is anything under that or above that. So today we're giving an offering to Gideon, Gideon International. So if you want to give, that would be considered an offering. So you give an offering or you give a tithe. When you do that, you're giving the sacrifice of your time. It's the closest thing we have in the Bible uh, compared to the Bible, we see in the Bible, to a living sacrifice. Does that make sense? By the way, everybody breathe. The subject today is not about giving. Okay, I just, I just want to get the air back in the room a little bit because everybody was going, oh. So anyway, this, um, this was a, a big deal. This was fact. This was pretty harsh what happened here. I want you to notice this, though, and I want you to note this would be a better way to say it. They were not struck dead because they didn't give a big enough offering. They were struck dead because they were dishonest. Does that make sense? How many of you know we don't rewrite Scripture to fit the current offended about everything culture? No. We take the Scripture in full context. People are always like, well, giving is not in the New Testament. Have you read Acts chapter 5? In fact, it's a pretty big deal that happened in Acts chapter 5. Wouldn't you all say? Write this down. Discipleship is high accountability. It's a high accountability environment. It's a high accountability environment. And that's offensive to people who are not accustomed to accountability. So we're not here just singing and preaching and doing a bunch of churchy stuff. No. There are standards communicated in this body for the protection of the believers here. We have people here at various levels of Christian growth, all kinds of levels here at One Community. And that's okay, and that's good. But as you're discipled, you should no longer be coming in and just sitting and never engaging. You should no longer be sitting. Here's another way to say it. You should no longer be coming and sitting. You should be serving. Amen. That's what we do here. And so we believe in that. We should be serving and connecting to our local church in some capacity. It is part of discipleship. In discipleship, you realize I need to move into a higher level of accountability. I can't just be a taker. I must be a giver. The test for Ananias and Safari that day was not how much they gave it was how honest they were about what they were giving. Deception was not tolerated by the Holy Spirit. We need to get rid of this attitude of getting by with something, and instead of saying, I want to get by with something, we should start saying, I want to get it right. Our desires, our desires as believers, as we're discipled, we should always be changing. We should always be developing. We should be further this year than we were last, last year at this time. Can I hear another amen? I think it's funny that this text says, but no one else dared to join them, but then it says everyone held them in high regard. I think that is important because if we state what we believe and what our convictions are, people may not agree and join us, but they will respect us for high, having high boundaries. They will hold us in high regard, even if they don't like it. Okay, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. We're living in a society that says, don't have boundaries and anything goes. Is that right? 
Write this down. What you tolerate in one generation will be celebrated in the next generation. Let me say that again. What you tolerate in one generation will be celebrated in the next generation. A lot of Christians' theology gets off right here because we don't live under the law anymore, and that's the big saying. Well, we're not under law. We're under grace. I would argue that the standard is higher, not lower. And I'm going to give you reasons why. Because the standard is not just a blanket law that never took into account people's personal struggles, iniquities, pedigree, history, knowledge. The law was just a blanket. Now we have the Holy Spirit who takes all of that into accountability. Okay, He takes all that into consideration. He leads us into individual accountability, and then he graces you to meet that standard. Does that make sense? The higher the accountability, the deeper we go, the higher the level of accountability. That's why the Bible says, who much is given, much is required. That's why I don't think that, that we here at One Community are, is what is called in today's times a seeker-sensitive church. Now, if you're talking about seeking the deep things of God, we're the right church for you. But if you want to live on the surface, this is not the right environment for you. So if you just want a church that's all about the surface and social status and bougie, I'm going to help you find another church. Okay? We're not bougie. Okay? We're not trying to be social in surface Christianity. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Surface stuff. We just keep everything on the surface. We don't go into the deep things of God. We, we don't let the Holy Spirit change us. We just kind of keep everything at a surface level. This is not the place for you. We don't play church here. We don't play church here. And this is not that church. Can I hear another amen? Amen. This is what happened here. Hearing, knowing they had experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit two chapters before. And then in this chapter, you walk in and you lie to the Holy Spirit about who you really are and what decisions you made during the week. To me, that is some bold pride. To have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit and then choose to deceive Him. To pretend you're something that you're not, that's where this judgment came in. Because they were pretending to be something. They were pretending to do something. And they were deceiving people. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. This is a good nugget. Grace doesn't erase personal responsibility. Grace is the foundation for our salvation, but it raises us to a standard and it never lowers God's expectation. Does that make sense? When you take your phone in <clears throat> for repairs and something is going on with your cell phone and you take it up to the counter or the table or whatever they have now, uh, the phone stores are kind of bougie. <laughs> But you, you take it in, you're having issues with your phone, and you start describing the narrative of what's going on with your phone. Now, obviously, if they're kind people, they will listen to you and hear what you're saying. But I promise you, as an electrician for almost 30 years, when people start describing their problems, I listen to just pieces of it. 
because I already know probably what the issue is because I'm thinking in systems. Okay, does that make sense? And so they can talk and they can tell me their narrative and I, I want to be a, you know, a good person so I'll listen to them and I'll hear their struggle and what happened to the light and we flushed the commode and the light quit working and you know, all this kind of stuff they tell you. <laughs> but when you take your phone in, they're really, more than likely, they're listening to you but they're not listening to you because here's why. They're going to take your phone, they're going to plug in your phone, chances are, and as they plug in your phone, it will start to tell them what sites you've visited, what cookies you've allowed, what viruses you have encountered. In other words, your phone will tell on you. Kind of scary, isn't it? When we get to heaven... <clears throat> I think we think all the sins that we have committed, rather unknowingly or aware, I think we think we're going to talk our way out of it. And that's not true. And let me tell you why. And this is also why I think the standard is higher, not lower, with the Holy Spirit. Living under grace to me is a higher standard because of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And here's why and how I come to that conclusion. We are made spirit, body, and soul. Is that right? Okay. When you're saved, <clears throat> your, your soul, your spirit lives for eternity. But when you die <clears throat> physically, your body is gone, which just leaves a spirit and soul. Is that correct? Your spirit and soul is what will stand before God. Okay? Your soul thinks, I'm charming. I have all the answers. I'm ready to list my excuses and give my narrative to God. But guess who bears witness to all of those decisions? Your spirit. Your spirit is like your phone when you plug it in. Your spirit goes, wait a minute, wait just a minute. I was there when that decision was being made, and I know you recognize the nudging of the Holy Spirit, and yet you disobeyed him. Now think about that. We hear a Sunday message like today, and we walk in, and I start preaching, and you start going, man, I sure hope my husband's listening to this. <laughs> and you're kind of elbowing him. Or I sure hope my wife is listening to this. Or I sure hope that Sister Nene across the room is hearing this message. She's been gossiping. And so we think like that. That's kind of how we think. And the Holy Spirit says... Maybe you need to hear this message. The Holy Spirit says, stop pretending you're all in when you're not. And let me introduce you to a word. When you do that, here's the word, you start grieving, grieving the Holy Spirit. Another word for the word grieving is ignore. So what you're doing is you're ignoring the Spirit of God, the voice of God inside of you. And the more you ignore the Holy Spirit, the tugging of the Holy Spirit, the more you ignore that, the more distance and layers you build between you and Him. It's why people can come into a service and we can have an anointed service like we're having today and someone can hear the Word of God, they can feel the anointing, 
And you're like, yet yeah, they leave. And I've had this happen over the years. I've had people sit in amazing services and then get up and that week do some things that were horrific, horrible things. And people will say, they just sit in church on Sunday and they heard such a powerful message and it was such a powerful service and worship service and the anointing was so strong. How could they sit there and then walk out and commit such horrific sins? And the reason for that is, is because the more you ignore him, the more you ignore and resist the Holy Spirit, the more distance and layers you put between you and him. And it's how people can sit there and listen to a, an amazing sermon and, and sit under conviction and yet not change because they've become so accustomed to ignoring that voice inside of them. And that's what happened in this text. They were in services. They were there at the early church. It was amazing. They were seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. They had experienced what happened of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. Yet they come in service and they pretend to be something they were not. They were ignoring, grieving the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I compare it to an offended person. I don't know if you've ever this is a, that's stupid, Jay. You shouldn't said that. Everybody's experienced an offended person. Almost said, have you ever experienced that? Everybody's experienced that. I mean, our, all of our culture's offended. They're offended about everything. Um, I drove up to the red light one day, and I thought, who could I offend today? <laughs> Just by driving down the street. So an offended person, when a person is offended, they get a wounding, and they're hurt, and because they're hurt, it doesn't matter if the person, it doesn't even have to be the offended person, or the person who caused the offense is a better way to say that. It doesn't even have to be the person who caused the offense. They could just be associated with that person who offended them. And because you're associated with that person, you can tell me a thousand percent truth, but I can't hear you. I'm not going to hear anything you say. It's like Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. And this is what happens with the Holy Spirit when we ignore him. It doesn't matter how much truth he's telling us. We're putting distance. Every time we ignore him and we resist that voice inside of us, the Holy Spirit's voice, we're putting distance between us. Now, is he always there? He's always there. He is always there, and he can turn things around just like that, and he wants to turn things around. But the more you ignore him, the more you resist that voice, the more you continue in sin and other things and ignoring and rebelling against his voice, the more distance and layers you're putting between you and him. Jesus told the woman at the well, there's worshipers coming that must worship in spirit. Watch this word, in spirit and in truth. Truth. Everybody shout out truth. Let me say this. With God, you have to be honest. And you have to be honest with yourself. The sacred place is truth. The sacred place is authentic, authenticity. Or being authentic. I can't say the word today. This is harder than you think it is. Watch this. This is a good nugget. He cannot bless who you pretend to be. He can only bless who you are. Let me say that again. He cannot bless who you pretend to be. He can only bless who you really are. Does that make sense? So the sacred place, the authentic place, I said at that time, the authentic place 
is where the Holy Spirit is. He is where truth is. And when you're truthful and when you're honest, that the Bible says God cannot lie. God doesn't work in lies. God doesn't work in confusion and dysfunction. Everybody with me? It's the honest place. Everybody say the honest place. Have you ever argued with the Holy Spirit? I have. And he's like, you're checking a box, and I'm looking for you to totally lay down an agenda. You're wanting to check a box, and Jason, I need you to lay down your agenda. Deception grieves the Spirit of God. Listen to Ephesians 4, verses 30 through 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. This is a list of what grieves the Holy Spirit. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we hold on to things that are contrary to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If we hold on to things Contrary to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then our seed bag then plants bitterness and rage and envy and hurt and pain. And I'm dealing with that and I'm dealing with betrayal. So then I plant that. And then that reaps a harvest. So another way to say that verse we read in a, a moment ago in Galatians is you reap what you, you sow. And so that goes with anything. Anything you plant will grow. So if you're offended and you have anger and you have bitterness, then you're planning that, which means you will reap that. Does that make sense to anybody? It's contrary to what the Holy Spirit produces, so he backs away until we decide to take personal accountability. Well, pastor, they hurt me. I get it. I get that. I know what you're meaning. But let me ask you, what is your personal accountability to what happened? What is your personal accountability to what happened? We decide, we, keyword, we decide what we sow and what we reap. Everybody say, we decide what we sow and what we reap. I'm out of time. Pastor D, come. I'm going to wrap this up. Keep your, keep your notebooks out, and I'm going to finish this message. If there is a nugget that I could give you, for success, I think it's at least top five nugget I could give you to be successful. If you come to me and you ask me, Pastor, what do I need to do to be successful? Here's what I would tell you. Live a repentant life. In other words, a repentant lifestyle. See, I couldn't face you like this if I didn't first face him on my knees. That means apologizing when I don't feel like it. That means receiving someone's forgiveness when everything in me says they don't deserve it. Do you know how many times I have had a conversation with the Holy Spirit? Brother, turn that down just a little bit if you don't mind. Do you know how many times I've had a conversation with the Holy Spirit and I've said this to him? I've said, why me? Why do I always have to be the first one to apologize? Holy Spirit, do you know what they did? Why do I have to go first? Can someone else, I I feel this way a lot, can somebody else please apologize first? 
Y'all ever done that? How many of you know we keep ratios? In American culture, we keep ratios. So our ratio and the standard we live by is if you did more wrong than I did, then you have to go first and apologize. Because I did less wrong, I don't have to apologize first. That's bad math. According to scripture, that's bad math. Everybody say bad math. (laughs) You know what the Holy Spirit said back to me one day? Y'all don't want to know what he said back to me. One day I said, Lord, why do I have to apologize first? Why am I always the one going first? And you know what he said back to me? He said, because you know better. And he said, I'm not talking to you about them. I'm talking to you about you. That's good. And he said, you go first. Forgiving is not about them. Listen, this is the most important thing I'll say all day. Forgiving is not about them, has nothing to do with them. Forgiving is about keeping the Holy Spirit's voice loud in your spirit and in your ears. So in other words, I want to forgive because I don't want distance and I don't want layers between me and him. And to keep that channel open and clear and loud, I have to get out every form of bitterness and envy and anything that would hinder me from hearing the voice of God in my life. I don't want layers. I don't want distance. I want to be so close to the Holy Spirit that when he whispers, Jason, what do you need, Holy Spirit? What do you want me to do? And the more I disobey him, the more that voice becomes muffled in my spirit hearing me today so I want to forgive and I want to be quick to forgive the Holy Spirit only comes to cultures where he is honored let me say that again he only comes to cultures where he is honored I never apologize for the work of the Holy Spirit even when I don't understand it I'll never apologize for what he does but I will apologize for me and what my flesh does. And there's a big difference. And I know when it's my flesh and I know when it's the spirit. I can distinguish between those two. And I want to ask you, can you do that? Can you distinguish between the voice of your flesh and the voice of the Holy Spirit? Jason, you apologize because my expectation for you hasn't changed and my expectation for you is to lift me up and to hear me and to obey me would you stand to your feet hallelujah hallelujah father we love you today heads bowed eyes closed as we pray lord we love you we want your voice to be loud and clear in you. God, today, if we've ignored the word is grieved in Scripture, the Holy Spirit, we apologize. Sometimes we run off to step 10 and God is at step 1.
and he's saying we can't get to step 10 do you first apologize to somebody at step 1 and you forgive I come where I'm honored and I honor forgiveness and I honor authenticity and being authentic and real I cannot honor what you pretend to be I can only honor so today, God, as we stand here in your presence, I'm asking you to search every man, woman, boy, and girl's heart in this room, including mine. for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.